Hello and welcome to another episode of the Troy Francis podcast with me, Troy Francis, coming at you live, not live, it's pre-recorded, but you know what I mean, from London. It is December, we're coming up to Christmas, it's the 16th, it's a Monday, it's pretty cold in London. Uh, I got back a bit late in the afternoon because I've been doing some stuff in town and I'm here to record this wonderful podcast for you. So before we dive into today's topic, which is another reader question, and it's about what to do if you're dating a girl who is more experienced than you. Firstly, I just wanted to give you a couple of parish notices, if you like, a couple of bits of news. Uh, My book bundle, which is called Renegade Dating Blueprint, which is a collection of 10 books about dating, game, the sexual marketplace, sexual dynamics, all of those good things, that is still available for the frankly ridiculous price of $39. It's a digital download. You get PDFs of all 10 of those books. It includes things like How to Be an Asshole, uh, Seven Laws of Seduction, uh, Fifty Shades of Game, Still in the Game, etc., etc. So I would highly recommend that you jump on board and get that collection. Uh, The link is below. Also, I'm really concentrating on YouTube at the moment, so that's where I'm putting most of my content, the stuff that I'm coming out with. I'm uploading four times a week, sometimes five times a week, including live streams. So I really want you to subscribe to the channel and hit notifications as well. Now, it may well be that you're listening to this on YouTube. If so, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button after the podcast so that you can be kept up to date and hit notifications as well so you know when I put out a new video. If you're listening to this on another podcast provider like iTunes or SoundCloud, then do head over to YouTube and search for Troy Francis and uh, hit those subscribe and notification buttons because YouTube is where it's at as far as my content is concerned at the moment. Uh, Lots of great stuff going up there. So really, really keen for you to jump on board. And also as well, please sign up for my daily email. So I do a free email that goes out Monday to Friday to subscribers. No charge. You get an article, a short article every day delivered to your inbox during the week. Uh, it's great value. It's. It, I also put news. I put giveaways. I put freebies, uh, special offers, advanced previews of things, all that good stuff. And let's face it, we live in a society where social media platforms are constantly changing their rules, where you never kind of know from one day to the next whether an account is still going to be there or not because have they traversed some some rule that the the Silicon Valley gods didn't like and they got thrown off. My email list is the best way to keep on the radar of my content because whatever happens on any other platform that I may happen to use, the email list will be there and I will be able to get in contact with you via that. So I do urge you to jump on board my email list uh, because, as I say, even if I got thrown off all of my platforms tomorrow and you know my web hosting company said to me, we're not going to host you anymore and so on and so forth, I would still have that email list and I would still be able to send out content to you via that. So again, the link is below. Do please 
Click that link and sign up for the daily email. You will not regret it, I can assure you. And on that note, today's topic came from a reader and a subscriber to the email list who uh, I will call Andrew. Uh, I won't give away his full name, of course, because um, its uh, anonymity is very important. But Andrew sent me a question which he wanted me to answer in uh, video form. He wanted me to answer. And this was after I'd sent out a request for questions to readers because in populating the YouTube channel with content, I'm really anxious that it should be content that is useful to you and it's content that is actionable and that you want to hear about because it's all very well me sitting in my ivory tower and thinking, hmm, I think I'll create content about this today and then putting it out there. And of course, I do a bit of that as well. But What's better is if I can get some direction from you about what you want to hear me talking about. Because clearly, if I'm putting out advice about dating, about game, about social di- sexual dynamics, and so on, it, it, it needs to answer questions that you have. Otherwise, I'm not doing my job properly. So I do implore you, once you've joined my email list, link below, do hit the reply button to any of my emails and just send me a question back. And that can form the basis of a piece of content. So I might write another email about it. I might write an article about it. I might create a podcast about it. I might do a video about it. But rest assured, I will do my best to answer whatever question you have, whatever difficulties, challenges you're having in the dating and seduction fields. Okay, so with all of that said, let's go on to Andrew's question. And here is what he has to say. When I talk to girls... They often are more experienced than me. They've traveled more than me. They have had more relationships than me. They probably have more money than me. In fact, I was a nerd and in bad economical situation. So I don't know how to manage these topics. Should I admit that I was a bedroom nerd for many years? I honestly don't know how to deal with these topics when talking to girls. And then he says, have a nice day, Andrew. Well, thank you very much, Andrew, for the question. It's a really good question, And I actually wrote a a short email on this, which I sent out to the subscriber base because this this got me thinking. And I decided that I wanted to obviously do this podcast about it as well uh, to explore it a little bit further. So if you're on the email list, you'll, you'll be able to read that email. But fundamentally, the TLDR version of my thoughts on this is that, no, you shouldn't admit that you were a bedroom nerd. You should do everything you can to fake it till you make it, basically. You should present yourself to her as the self-actualized guy who has everything that she could possibly want. And you should brush over how you were before. So even if you were the class wimp and you were getting picked on by the bullies and you sat in your room crying every night and every weekend... That is not something that you should reveal to her, at least not in the early stages, not when you are first getting to know the girl. Because if you do that, unfortunately, it makes you look vulnerable and it's going to put a question mark in her mind as to your fitness as a potential partner, potential sexual partner or whatever. That sounds a bit cruel. That sounds a bit harsh. 
But unfortunately, sadly, that is the reality of the world because women are looking for a guy who can protect them. Uh, They are looking either for somebody who has superior genetic characteristics that they can ultimately reproduce with or they're looking for somebody who can provide security and protection and ideally they're looking for a bit of both within the same guy although as we know it's often divided up between different males so you might have the male who has the high genetic value but he's not a provider he's not going to hang around so mm, just a bit of coffee there so uh, she uses him for sex so that she can take on his genes and pass those on this isn't a theoretical construct of course your mileage may vary in the real world and then she looks for the nice uh, but strong beta guy who can provide her with ample provisioning to look after her that is buy the house and the car and all of those good things pay for the children's private school education and so on now not going into the merits of which one of those it's better to present as, and a clue is it's better to present as the former, it's better to present as the lover rather than the provider. But aside from that, what you have to realize is that if you admit your vulnerabilities to her, even if they're vulnerabilities that existed in the past and you've now moved beyond them, that doesn't put you in good stead to fulfill either role. Because it doesn't make you look like somebody who is a dominant, genetically superior man who will pass on warrior genes to her offspring. But it also doesn't really present you as being somebody who is going to be a particularly good provider either. So you don't really score on either metric as a result of telling her that you were a bedroom nerd, that you were this guy who was perhaps... I don't want to say failure, that's the wrong word to use, but this guy who perhaps uh, suffered more than others around him in his youth. And that's going to put the seed into her mind to think, well, okay, this guy now presents really well, he's cool, but, you know, um, can I trust that? Can I trust that exterior um, presentation that you're giving? And you don't, Andrew doesn't say in the email the the stage that he's at in terms of his self actualization or in terms of his game, but let's just assume that he's now a pretty well put together guy. He's confident, he's learned a bit of game, he's he's, uh, sorted out his money, he's in good shape, and all of those kinds of things. If he goes to the girl early on and he sort of confesses to her about how things were when he was a younger guy, It's just not really doing him any favours. At best, it's going to be neutral. At best, she's going to think, oh, okay, fair enough. Well, you know, you got through that and, yeah, fair play to you and let's move forward. But that's the best case scenario. At worst, she's going to think, as I say, it's going to bring doubts into her mind. She's going to think, well, okay, but how together is this dude actually now? Is he really what he says he is? Is he really how he presents? Or, in fact, is he putting on a facade and under some pressure from society, from financial difficulties, from a invaders to the tribe, from whatever it is, is he going to crack under that pressure and is he going to be sufficient either to protect me and my potential offspring Or is he going to go to pieces and I'm going to be left to fend for myself? 
that, of course, this is all unspoken. It's all on a subconscious level. She's not sitting there literally thinking those things. But this is what you risk if you reveal too much vulnerability too early on. Now, <clears throat> a couple of things to say about that. There is a bit of a caveat to this. And it is this. If you present as an incredibly alpha, incredibly attractive dude, and she is very, very attracted to you from off the bat, then you might just get away with it. And you might get away with, with that is confessing weakness or, say, previous weakness. You might just get away with it. And the reason you might get away with it is because she's so attracted to you that she thinks wow, this guy who just seems so alpha and so perfect and so amazing, he's actually got this kind of quite endearing backstory. He's got this endearing, cute sort of softer side that I didn't know anything about and I wouldn't have suspected. And isn't that amazing? You know, and isn't it, isn't it amazing that he has the strength to be vulnerable about himself? But the fault that guys fall into is to imagine that that, pertains regardless so what you get is the the geeky millennial dude who's got a pencil neck and spaghetti arms and all of those kinds of things and bitch tits and <laughs> you know and he has that kind of open mouthed smile on his facebook profile picture that people take the the the, the mickey out of on uh on twitter and the the difficulty is that that guy also thinks well if i'm upfront about my vulnerabilities, if I'm upfront about uh, the, you know, some of the, the weaknesses that I had when I was, was younger, she's going to find that endearing. Well, no, she isn't. She's going to find it endearing if you're James Bond or if you're Jason Statham or if you're somebody like that because that dude is already manifestly an alpha already. And so, yes, if that kind of dude admits that you know he wasn't perhaps always kind of as impenetrable as he now looks that he had some uh you know some, some, some vulnerabilities that he overcame then yes that perhaps he's going to seem sort of endearing to her but if you're not that dude then you only risk sabotaging yourself because it's just not going to have the same resonance for her this is akin by the way to uh the nice guy conversation so we often say you know, nice guys finish last, jerks uh, win out in the sexual marketplace. I think we can all agree that there is at least some truth in that. And um, then, there's the di- there, then there's the confusion around the fact that women will say, but I'm looking for a nice guy. And so guys read this stuff and they think, okay, well, this girl has said in this opinion poll that the kind of man that she's looking for is a very nice, considerate, polite, sweet in touch with his feminine side kind of dude. So therefore, I'm going to portray all of those things. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nicer than everybody else around me. I'm going to be the nicest dude on the entire planet. And then the girls are going to come and flock. And then these men are surprised when that doesn't happen. Well, again, it's for exactly the same reason. It's because, yes, those qualities are nice to have. Yes, she would like those qualities, but you've got to be the alpha first. If you're just the weedy, millennial, pencil-necked, open-mouthed, smile, spaghetti-armed loser that we'd already considered, then your niceness 
is not going to turn the dial. In fact, it's going to act against you because it's going to seem like a weakness. And the same thing is true, if you're that guy, of admitting to these past vulnerabilities, admitting that where you came from isn't impervious to criticism or, 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 or isn't, you know, you weren't always the kind of the, the stone-cold alpha that you now appear perhaps to be. So, again, you've got to think about the context of this. You've got to think about where you are coming in on her radar. Now, you might think, and obviously, again, I don't know because we don't have the details from Andrew of where he is now in terms of his development, but let's say that Andrew is now this muscle-bound jock um, and he presents as a stone-cold alpha. Okay, fine, but are you going to bet everything on the fact that she sees you as the stone-cold alpha? Isn't it more prudent to think, well, you know, maybe she sees me as the stone-cold alpha, but, but maybe she doesn't. And if she doesn't, I know that admitting to vulnerabilities is going to place me in a less-than-ideal position. So, therefore, I'm not going to risk it. Therefore, I am going to present to her as being bulletproof in terms of my past and, and in terms of the way that I that I came up. Now, let's now get into the issue of, well, what about honesty? What about, um, what about truth and so on and so forth? Now, I'm not saying that you have to directly lie about this stuff, okay? I'm not saying that you have to make up some elaborate stories about how when you were at school, you were the head of the cricket team, you were the head of the football team, you were the, the jock that everyone loved and all that kind of thing. You don't have to do that. What I'm saying is that you shouldn't highlight the fact that you weren't, okay? Because why would you do that? And it's like I said in the email that I've sent out to my subscriber list about this. If you are selling a product then you don't tell people what's wrong with the product. You don't highlight the negative elements of the product. Instead, you highlight the positive elements of the product to sell it, and you downplay the negative aspects. Now, of course, if somebody directly asks you a question about those negative elements, if they say, well, okay, this... Um, this microwave looks really good, but uh, the it seems like the, the timer only go, works in a certain way. That's not ideal for how I like to cook. What, what do you think about that? Then I'm not saying lie about it and say, no, no, the timer works exactly as you want it to work. You say, yeah, well, yeah, you're right. The timer, the timer only works in this particular way, but the advantage of that is X, Y, Z. So, you, you know, you don't lie if they directly address their concern. But what you don't do is give them concerns to worry about. You know, you don't supply them with the, with the objections. They are the, they, the potential client, the potential customer, the potential lover. They are the ones who should be finding, not should be, I mean, hopefully they don't, but they are the ones. If anyone's going to come up with reasons why they shouldn't engage, it should be them, not you. You shouldn't be giving them reasons to, to think a scar to look askance at you you should be giving them reasons to want to have sex with you rather than not so anything that can appear like a bit of a weakness a vulnerability even if it's in your past i would just steer clear of in the early stages of the interaction now look here's the thing right i'm going to take a drink of coffee now mm, very good here's the thing right <clears throat> 
I can relate to this email because I was that bedroom nerd myself and I passed from that quite quickly when I was sort of 18, 19 into being something very different, somebody very different when I hit about late 19 to 20. When I sort of shifted, and I've told this story in various forms many times, when I shifted from being the bedroom nerd to becoming this quite dissolute sort of drink and drug soaked player type archetype within a very short period of time. And that brought about with it quite a lot of dissonance, quite a lot of cognitive dissonance, because Andrew is right to raise the question around this, because yes, if you're presenting as one thing, you're presenting as, let's say, the player, or certainly you're presenting as the cocky, confident guy who is good with girls, but that's not how you were when you were a teenager, that is going to feel a little bit weird inside. That is going to feel you know, sometimes a bit uncomfortable or you're not going to feel quite at one with this new vision of yourself that you're presenting. And it's in that moment or those moments that you are going to be, um, how do I put it? It's in those moments that you are going to be tempted to say to her, look, I wasn't always, I know how I come across now, but I wasn't always like this. Actually, I used to be very shy at school and I used to get picked on all the time and, you know, I could never find anyone to take to the school dance and blah, blah, blah. My message to you is however tempting that might be in the moment not to do it, at least in those early stages. Instead, what you want to do is just be very vague about the details around that period in your life. You want to be very... You want to be dismissive of it, you want to change the subject, you want to be vague, or you want to make jokes about it. Uh, One way that you can get around this is to make jokes where you say that you were the opposite. So say a girl says to you, you, uh, how were you at school? Were you one of the popular kids at school? You could instead say, yeah, I was fucking the king of this. I was like the whole king of the school. Kids used to like put down their coats for me to walk over when it was raining, when I was walking up the path to to the school hut. Now... I suppose it sounds like I'm contradicting what I just said about not fabricating your past because clearly that is a fabrication. Clearly that is, uh, you know, um, an exaggeration of how things were for you. Well, yes, of course it is. But here's the thing. You're not really lying. You're making a joke of it because you are uh, exaggerating to a point of absurdity. And so it's clear to her that you're not actually telling the truth. It's clear that the kids didn't actually do that. But what you're leaving unanswered is the, is the question of your, your actual popularity or otherwise. So in making those kind of exaggerations, in playing it for laughs and going so far the other way about how awesome you were, how popular you were at school, you are getting around having to directly address the issue of the fact that actually you didn't have that many friends and you were sitting in your room the whole time. So, and, and, and this links with something that I've said before about self-deprecation. Rather than self-deprecate, I always find it preferable to do the opposite, to self-aggrandize in a humorous way. So rather than saying, say you say something like, yeah, you know, I, I'm not very, I'm, I'm always the shy guy who's standing a, I'm always that shy guy who's standing by the, by the side of the wall in parties, you know, or I'm standing in the kitchen in parties or something like that. And you're trying to humorously pass off the fact that you're socially inept. Instead of doing that, 
it's better to go the other way and say, yeah, parties, I'm fucking awesome. You know, I just, I've got everyone talking. You know, I'm like the, you know, the problem that I have at parties is that when I go, I soak up so much attention in the room that nobody else gets a, gets a, can, can get a word in edgeways, which is why I don't get any invites anymore. It's better to not self-deprecate, but instead to self-aggrandize for humorous effect. And what you're doing there is both presenting a more positive image of yourself and also getting around having to address whatever the reality of your situation might be. And it's much more powerful to, even if you present an image of yourself that is jokingly aggrandized, so you say, yeah, I'm the sexiest guy on Instagram, I'm the sexiest guy on Twitter, I'm the se-, you know, you, you say something that is, is, is self-evidently not the case, or is, is likely self-evidently not the case, it's still better to present that image of yourself because it embeds that, that idea of you into the mind of the person who's listening. So even if on the one hand they're kind of laughing along, they're like, yeah, yeah, I know Troy's joking, I know he's, being a, you know, he's having a bit of a laugh, but still it, 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 it embeds that idea of you into their consciousness. So then when they think about you, they, they have this association with you as being incredibly popular, as being incredibly virile, as being incredibly you know, um, sexual or sexually attractive or whatever. Um, so I always err on the side of jokingly bigging myself up, jokingly bragging about myself. Then I do the other way around because the other way around, which is effectively self-deprecation and, you know, even if it's honesty, you're still self-deprecating, right? Because you're talking yourself down. Far better to talk yourself up. You know, look at what the politicians do. Look at what Trump does. These people talk themselves up regardless of the objective reality. And that's what you need to do too. So, again, if, even if in your, in your past you were, you know, you didn't travel very much, maybe you weren't very good with money, maybe you haven't had that many relationships, I would not seek to highlight those things. For example, when I was... When I lost my virginity, um, the girl that I was with, I think that she had had, she wasn't a virgin. I think she'd had sexual partners before. Um, I was less experienced than her. I didn't tell her that. I didn't discuss it once. And this was when I was young as well. This was, this was before I could properly articulate all of this stuff. But I certainly didn't, didn't discuss it with her because that would just seem to me to be why put yourself into uh, why why put yourself into a sort of potentially lower space in the hierarchy with somebody else why would you go into that interaction with her and and be like oh god you know so much more about this than me i'm just like such a i was always such a failure in in, in, in dating and sex and relationships and you're so you know you obviously know a lot more about this than me why would you do that you know Fake it till you make it. You know, just don't mention it. Don't mention the fact you were a virgin before. Don't mention the fact that you, you find social interactions very difficult. Don't mention the fact that you're, you were crap with money. You never made any money because you never had a good job because you weren't confident enough to go through the interviews properly and stuff. Don't, just don't mention this stuff, you know? Make a joke about it. Be vague about it. Um, change the subject Put out jokingly false narratives. Don't lie, but certainly just just just, just brag for a joke. Um, 
there are enough people out there in the world who will talk you down, who will talk down your success, you or your, who will talk you down in various ways, let's say. You don't need to be one of them. And even if it's true, even if it's true that when you were a kid, you were very unpopular, you were bullied, you've, you, know, you found socializing difficult and stuff like that, you don't need to like make a big deal of it. Now, later on in the relationship, when you've known the person for longer, then, yeah, sure, you can start to uh, reveal some of this stuff. You can start to peel the layers back off the onion and let the person know a bit about the real you. You can be sort of like, yeah, you know, I, um, I did find all this stuff difficult when I was younger. But, um, but, but you see, by that point, and particularly once you've slept together and you've begun an intimate relationship, by that point, the girl or the woman is, is more not more forgiving of you, but it's sort of like <clears throat> she can see that you are now, she's clearly made the decision that you are now enough. You are now successful. You are now a worthy partner for her, and whether it's short-term, long-term, whatever. You're over that hurdle. So now you can admit a little bit maybe to, to the fact that it, you know, things weren't plain sailing for you before, that it took you some work to get there. But I still wouldn't, I still wouldn't make a big deal about it. I still wouldn't make a massive deal about it. This is the problem with this idea, this sort of egalitarian idea of relationships, that you can just open everything up and be incredibly vulnerable and just be, you know, oh, I'm just going to tell the complete truth about myself and if she loves me, then she's going to accept me for who I am. And all of that kind of thing. Well, yeah, you know, she, she might, she, she, you know, yeah, I, in an ideal world. But I, I don't see really, if you need to talk that stuff out, if you need to find closure on the things that happened to you when you were younger, on the way that you were when you were a kid, when you were in school, whatever, find a therapist to do that with. Little alarm there. Find a therapist to do that with. Do it with one of your, talk to one of your friends. Talk to a third party who, you know, who is not involved with you on this emotional level. You don't have to do it with your girl. You don't have to do it with your wife. You don't have to do it with your girlfriend. You know, you can, you, you need to maintain frame in a relationship and you need to maintain a sense that you are, you know, you are the man, you are inviolable. You are not somebody who can be taken down by things. And, and showing yourself to be, have a potential for weakness, even in your past, is never going to be a great idea. So do it very sparingly. And even if you're married and you've got this most amazing intimate relationship, yeah, okay, you can open up as time goes on, sure. But just be careful about it. Don't splurge. Don't, don't just splurge out all of your emotional weakness or your sort of previous vulnerabilities and fears and things like this because it's, it's just not going to stand you in good stead. Be sparing about it and, you know, just, just, be, just be cautious because even if at the time she, she takes it all on board, she's very sympathetic and everything else, you don't want to be sowing a seed where she thinks, hmm, but is this guy really as strong as he now claims to be? Is he really the, the alpha that he appeared to be when I first met him or is he putting on a bit of a show? You don't want to be instilling that kind of thinking. You don't want to be encouraging that kind of thinking. You know, you want to present as the strongest, most competent, most able, masculine archetype that you can. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to leave it there for now. 
Do let me know any thoughts on this. Do drop me a like. Do uh, drop me a comment underneath. Remember to uh, get hold of your copy of Renegade Dating Blueprint, $39, full value $250, link below. Do remember to sign up for my daily email list and do hit subscribe and notifications for my YouTube channel and I will be back with you again very soon. Bye-bye.